This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yeah, okay. They need to do the Nested Betting Show live from Sully's Snap. That that needs think- to happen. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever show that Sam's doing, I need it live from Sullivan's Tap before game number three. You know, if I text him right now, he'll be like, "Yeah, I, I know like five people that work at Sully's Tap. If they're still open, I don't know." Oh no, I'm, know I'm, I'm on their website. They're open. I, I did check. The Sam, Sam might be there right now. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday NBA draft tonight. Joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line to talk about it, potentially from Sully's Tap in Boston, is Sam Panianovich. Uh, Sam, welcome back to the show. Are, can you confirm or deny that you are at Sully's Tap right now? Everybody knows if you're in the know, you go to Greatest Bar, not Sully's Tap. But you're old, so you don't know any better. <laughs> Wow. I've been to Greatest no, we, Bar. We, we were just going over what, off of what Jimmy Patsos was saying. So was it was it the spot like decades ago? Is that the word? I don't think they've changed the walls at Sully's Tab since Kennedy was in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense then. All right, Sam, let's let's get to tonight. NBA draft. Um, before we get to your thoughts on, on what might happen and any plays you have, what's been your opinion of what's happened here the last – I don't know, 24 hours with the market, maybe 48 hours, because it's been pretty ridiculous to follow. I mean, we went from Jabari one pretty clearly for a couple of weeks to, uh-oh, Paolo Bancaro's going one, to the point last night he was the favorite pretty significantly to go one, and then Woj throws a bomb out this morning, and it's like, uh-oh, everyone's reacting again now to it being back to Jabari. What's your thought on what's gone on here the last couple of days? Well, if we can rewind it, Joe, for a second, I think it's very important to explain how people who bet the draft professionally and bet it for a living, it's important to understand what they do. They take plus prices on all realistic outcomes. So I know several people that have Paolo Bancaro at like 10 to 1, and then they bought low on Jabari Smith at minus 140, minus 150. So no matter what happens, they're sort of free rolling on Bancaro going. And they're not going to overreact to the markets. They're going to overreact to the underdogs getting juicier and just take the right dog at a higher price than it should be, if that makes any sense. So, look, I'm sitting on Twitter right now. Like, I've got my feet up on a chair. I might make some popcorn. I don't give a damn who goes one at this point because, like, I've got Paolo. I made Paolo at three to one during the tournament, like when he carved up Carolina, I made that bet. I'm like, I think he's the best player. I know I wasn't right at the time, but you look at where the market is now and you're like, all right, well, I like Paolo three to one. And then on Monday, Jabari went down to minus 140. And I'm like, well, I'm going to lay a little bit here because if Orlando keeps the pick, I think he's the guy. The question isn't who does Orlando want? The question is, does Orlando keep the pick from what all I can gather 
if Orlando keeps number one, they're taking Smith. But if Houston wants to trade the one, they're going to take Paolo. That's what I can decipher at this point. But if you bet the right player at the right price, it doesn't matter what the markets or the rumors say they have to draft. 100%. I mean, there were people that got numbers on Bancaro just five days ago at 20 to 1, 16 to 1. Uh, as the weekend was coming to a close, it goes from 9 to 1 down to 4 to 1. Even if you got 4 to 1, which is close to the price that you got. And if you didn't bet Jabari Smith over the last couple of days, days he was available at minus 125, minus 130, that's on you. That's just on you if uh, if your bet ends up failing tonight. So based on what Woj put out there, seems pretty solid, one, two, three, in exact order. I'm assuming that a lot of the domestic sports books will repost everything. Some have been hesitant to. But that, that would mean that, a slide of one of those bigs should give us some crazy numbers. Ivy moving into the top three should give us some crazy numbers. Would you, in a way, just fade Woj with some bombs with guys like, you know, there are a lot of people that I respect that think Ivy's going to end up being the best player in this draft. Can, can you see some, some shuffling in the next, you know, 10 hours or whatever? I certainly could, but here's the problem. The books are all on defense right now, and they're pulling yeah. all these different markets. Like, I'm looking at a couple books that took down two and three. They have one, four, and five, but they took down two and three. I'm seeing Bet365 took down one, two, three, and four. They're only dealing five and six. So now the books are sort of like armadilloing themselves and trying to just, you know, hide from any more gunfire at this point. And, you know, I, I just tweeted out, you know, I've seen a lot of tweets this morning like, oh, I've never seen movement like this on the number one pick. It's like it's happened in almost every NFL draft going back to Baker Mayfield. Remember the Baker year when he was 20 to one a week before the draft to go first? And then he goes first. The Kyler Murray draft. This past draft with Walker, Walker minus 140 on Monday and then $5 on Wednesday. Like this stuff happens. And I think what we're learning, and Jeff Davis tweeted this at me, it's just, it's so tough for the books because these are not variance events. The outcome is chosen, not played for. These are Jeff's words. And he says lines move from info, not from bets. So comparing draft betting to game betting is like comparing a Ferrari to a sewing machine. Let me answer your question. Yes, I'd love to short Chet Holmgren. I'd love to go like over three and a half or Chet to go fourth or fifth. But like a lot of books are sort of taking everything down. And I don't think a lot of them go back up because the reality of the situation is Joe and Joe and Aaron is that most books at the end of the draft, they go to their bosses with the sheet and they're likely in the red every single year. These books lose money because they take one way action, sharp action, usually never stops running and they always lose at the end of the day in most drafts. So I don't see a point in being a gunslinging bookmaker, just throwing up new numbers when they don't know what's going to happen to begin with. It's a lose-lose proposition for the books. Well, we were just talking about it. We've been talking about the NBA draft for a while now on the show, but there's people who aren't as into it as we are. If someone did want to get some action in today, where would you advise that they look? That's a very good question, Aaron. And I, yeah, I've had a couple people this morning text me like, Hey, do you like Paolo to go one question mark? I'm like, Oh my God. Like you just, you're never going to get it. I think the one thing to pay attention to, if you can find anything on Jaden Ivy at four and a half, I see a couple books have like minus 160, minus 170 to go under four and a half. I think that's a very good bet because everything that I can gather 
is that Ivy is going four. Is it going to be Sacramento? I don't know. They might trade out of it because a lot of teams are going to see him on the board at four and potentially go, all right, let's make a move. Like, I wouldn't bet Kings to take Ivy. I would just bet Ivy to go in the top four. And again, you can find minus 160, minus 170. I think by the time we get to draft night, like, you know, five, six, seven o'clock tonight, he's going to be minus 300 or off the board. Um, and then there's always the reality that somebody might take Ivy fourth or the Kings might take Ivy fourth and then just trade him a couple minutes later. Like that's always a possibility in the draft. So of all the bets out there, I don't think there's a lot of value on much right now at 1030 Eastern on Thursday. But the one bet that I still think is strong, it's a little juicy, but Jaden Ivy under four and a half, even up to minus 200. I, I think that's a good bet because it's, it's just a bad number. It still is. Like he's going forth one way, shape, or form. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Sam, uh, Benedict Matherin, Arizona. We could find it right now over under six and a half. It's interesting. You wrote about it uh, for Nesson recently about him and kind of where he might fall in this whole thing. Uh, the under feels like the right play. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top five pick. You, you wrote something about the Pistons there, maybe at five. What do you think about Matherin and where he might land here? I think it's five, but I'm also a little biased here. I already bought some uh, some nice tequila for the uh, for the watch party tonight in my apartment, assuming he goes fifth. I hope that's the case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, you're looking at these markets now, Joe. You know, Matherin under six and a half is, like, as high as minus 300. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a winner, but I, I don't love laying 300 to win 100. That being said, I mean, the draft has proven to be one of these markets where you can lay 300 and then five hours later it's minus 600 or it's off the board. Like I'm telling you, the, the books don't know how to price this stuff. I think Benedict Matherin under six and a half should be minus 800. Am I going to lay 300? No. I mean, I already got him to go, you know, under eight and a half from a month ago and got him to go five overall, 10 to one. So I'm good. But, I, you know, like, it, it's hard for me to sit here on your program where you're trying to make people better betters and go, yeah, lay 285, 300 on a draft prop. It, it's just tough to do that. I, I, again, let's go back to the conversation. Like, it's very important, like, to start building these portfolios in drafts, NFL, NBA draft, start mm-hmm. betting this stuff in May and early June because you can get players like, like Mark Williams over eight and a half. His draft position is 13 and a half right now. You know, Jang, the kid that played in New Zealand last year, his draft prop was 17 and a half three weeks, three weeks ago. It's 11 and a half right now. The information comes out and the books take weeks to get to the right number. So betting the draft, day of the draft, is just not advantageous for the player at this point. 100%. All right, let's talk about some of these movers because sometimes uh, you might be on the right side or you're just going to come in late. Like, let's say you're jumping in late. Maybe you don't want to go in the direction of the move. Jalen Williams, this number has moved drastically. It opened 23 and a half. We're down to 15 and a half. We're, we're moving eight spots. Ty Ty Washington has moved 
up four spots from 15 and a half to 19 and a half. Wesley out of Notre Dame from 25 and a half down to 21 and a half. When you see moves like four, eight slots for a draft position, uh, is the move usually correct or are you willing to go on the other side after it moves a bunch? Man, you guys are asking some some hammer questions. These are all very good questions. You know, the, the example that comes to mind is Mac Jones. Remember when he was on the board first in the NFL draft last draft, or two drafts ago, rather. His draft position was 18 and a half on the open. And it got down all the way to three and a half because there was a lot of smoke that he was going to go third to San Francisco. And what happens? He goes 15th. <laughs> you know, so that's the first example that jumps in my mind. But I also go back to the Quay Walker. Remember, we were talking about Quay Walker, you and I, a long time ago. And I think Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, his draft position opened at 40 and a half. It closed at 29 and a half. And he went almost like in the top 20 to the Packers. So every case is different. I don't mean to dodge your question, but I, I think Jalen Williams, I, I thought his sweet spot all along was about 18. I thought 18 was a very fair number. Can he go 14? Absolutely. But I, I think, you know, going under 15 and a half at plus money now is, is a stupid move on Williams because now, as you can see, what the books are doing is they're realizing they went a little too far and they're getting middled right now because most positions have moved Williams over 15 and a half to like minus 200. So they're like, all right, we got to move it. We got to move it. We got to move it. Uh Oh, we went too far. Back it up, back it up. So, now they're making it expensive to go over 15 and a half, which tells you and tells me that it's probably too low on this given player. So, yeah, I think, I think over 15 and a half is the move on Jalen Williams. Uh, you have a pretty nice middle for yourself if you went under 23 and a half, and now you go over 15 and a half. Um, but now you got to lay, you know, 175. So it's just fascinating, Joe, to watch these books continue to guess. How far do they move things? How do they price things? What do they do? They're yeah. guessing as much as the players are. And, and that's, it, it's honestly, it's funny to see sportsbooks squirm because usually they it. rely on their algorithms and their power yeah. ratings and all that nonsense. And in this, this is not a fair fight for the books. And you love to see it. Has this become NFL too? Has this become your favorite market to bet? Because it has for me over the last few years. I had somebody tell me last night, I wish there was a draft every month. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I told, yeah, I totally get it. And he's like, look, I, I make X a year. He's like, I make a fifth of my salary on the draft. And, mm -hmm. and I think you look to Las Vegas and I, I hate to talk about this on your show because it's like, uh Oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Like maybe I should lose connection right now. Look what they're doing in Vegas. The Superbook is taking bets on one thing. Number one, overall pick Circa is taking no bets on the draft. South point is taking nothing on the draft. A lot of sports books in Nevada are like, screw that. Tony Miller, Golden Nugget, taking nothing on the draft. Because as I said earlier, these sports book directors in Vegas, they got clobbered in a couple NFL drafts, and they're like, all right, we're done. We're not going to even take it anymore. So let's enjoy it while we can. I think, I think it's, it's awesome that we can bet this stuff. But, yeah, this, is, this and the first week of the NCAA tournament are my two favorite things to bet. Love it. Love it. Just about a minute left. Any other props or draft position over-unders that you like? I got Aaron Hawksworth under 18 and a half for the limit. <laughs> um, no, I, no I, I think there's one player to pay attention to, and that's this Jeremy Sochan 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard top 10 potential. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a guy, like if you're looking for a nice plus price, I think Sochan has some life and some possibility. It's unlikely he goes top 10, but you could find him like 2-1 to one to go 10th, you know, 8-1 through 10. I don't hate that bet. It's far from a lock, but if you're looking for value, I think Sochan top 10 still has a little bit of pull. Great stuff. Sam Panionovic joining us here on the Roman Guest Line from Nesson, a sports betting analyst. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your deal. From the comfort and privacy of your home, go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. A lot of great stuff there, including maybe a long shot to go in the top 10. More to come on the draft. We'll get today's baseball games as well right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.